0: Sounds like it's it's on. Okay. Okay. Okie dokie. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Grace of God is powerful. Um, Leaves are falling. My nose is dripping, so I'm just going to apologize. I need a basket right here. Um, It just is what it is. So, you folks that know me know I teach with visuals. Um, And while we were praying this morning, God gave me the vision of why I'm here. I've, I've been a little overwhelmed because of everything that's been going through my brain. And I'm like, Lord, you have got to straighten out this head in here so that I can teach it well. And he showed me something he's been teaching me about being a slave of Jesus. So today, I am bringing the word of God that he's been teaching me to you to wash your feet. I'm just here to wash your feet so that you can get strong. And the word of God can be in your heart and the word of God can make a difference. Man, has he been working me over time. So I'm here to offer you a towel like he's been offering me. So, um, my title is called Unflappable. That's not even a word about six, about, can you hear me now? No, yeah? I can't tell if this is working or not. Okay, can you hear me now? Ah! (laughs) Okay, whatever. So um, my title is called Unflappable. Um, About six, eight weeks ago, I was sitting at work, and the lord said these are this is what i want you to learn now and he gave me my scripture for today james 1 2 through 5 so i'm going to read that it's james 1 2 through 5 i'll wait till you find it in your bibles can't even hear pages turn when you use your phone. <laughs> My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. And I said, okay. So I went home and started studying it out. And a couple days later, I was sitting at my desk doing inventory, and I heard the word unflappable. It was so loud and so clear, I thought one of the girls came from the front of the store and was standing at my right shoulder. I actually turned and looked to see if someone was behind me. And then I realized it was the Holy Ghost. And I said, that is not even a word. Why would, and the Holy Ghost told me, we're working on unflappable. So being, I'm a word sleuth. I like words. I started looking it up and it's a real word. It's a real word. And it means you can't be moved no matter what. Your emotions can't be moved. Your thinking can't be moved. Your body can't be moved. Your intentions can't be moved. Unflappable. I think it's a cool word. So I started studying this out for myself, I thought. And then when Sister Burke asked me to speak, the Lord said, you're going to tell them about unflappable. Unflappable. So um, uh, I don't have enough room here. Where do I start? I'm going to explain some of the words to you so it'll help you understand. Nope. I'm going to tell you something that happened in 1985. The Lord has kept telling me over and over this past week they need to hear this testimony. 1985, I had a 19-month-old in tow, and I was seven months pregnant, and Ben was a big pregnancy. Didn't have my lap for a long time. And we were living with my uncle. Um, It was his house. And living in this situation was hard to say the least. Uncle Tony was an alcoholic and he drank about four to five gallons of whiskey at home a week. That did not count what he drank at the bars. He was never not drunk. He smoked three to four packs of cigarettes a day. And two to three of them were in our house. So when you walked in our house, it was a cloud of yellow smoke that made my walls brown. So every spring and every fall, I had to scrub ceilings, walls, furniture, everything. You're nodding your head, you get it. All that secondhand smoke made my daughter as a baby, have a lot of respiratory problems. My allergies went wild. And Uncle Tony was not a kind drunk. He was a very mean, abusive, and nasty drunk. And um, he took it all out on me. He was kind to Michael, but he took it all out on me. I think he was afraid of my husband. Um, So that's the situation that I had my first child in. And he would come home drunk from the bar and pick her up from the bassinet without me knowing and a couple of times he fell and he fell on a newborn just a couple months old. He would fall asleep in his chair. He'd go get Carly and put him in her lap and smoke cigarettes, one in the tray, one in the hand kind of thing. I would go to get her and he would hold on so tight I couldn't get her out of his arms. I I I had to be constantly vigilant about watching over Carly. And then he would fall asleep with a cigarette in his mouth and it would fall in the chair. A Couple times we had chair fires. It would fall on the carpet. It was a constant vigilant effort to keep things together. Are you getting the picture here? (laughs) And so I was pregnant with Ben and I did not want to stay in this place. So what's the first thing women do? call everybody. <laughs> can you pray with me to get out? Can you pray with me? Uh, at one point, I was praying, Lord, if you could just let Uncle Tony die peacefully, I I will admit it, you know. <sighs> anyway, so, um, and I had a lot of people giving really good advice in the church and my family and the neighbors. You know, we all get that, don't we? Everybody can see it from their, situ- from their point of view and they give us all information, uh, things to do, advice, which ways to go. And um, I had been saved five years at this point, And I said, I, I'm going to pray and I'm gonna ignore theirs because I didn't know what to do. Ma- Michael and I were looking for a place to go. It was in the middle of the recession. We couldn't afford anything. We c- literally could not afford to move out and get anything at that point. Um, so I prayed and I fasted day one. I thought I'd surely hear the voice of the Lord because I'm really pregnant. And when I'm pregnant, it's really, really, really hard to fast. My blood sugar drops all the time. So anyways, um, day two, I fasted and prayed nothing. Day three, I was desperate by this point. And I know that sounds silly. It's only three days, but I was desperate and day four came And I took Carly for a walk, came in the house and was walking through the living room, through the dining room. And there was a doorway into the kitchen. It was a really old house. There was a a doorway into the kitchen. And in that doorway, it's like somebody put a wall up and I stopped right there. I couldn't go into the kitchen. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, stay here. You stay here and you stay in me. And I will protect your children. Okay. I knew it was God. I knew I had to stay. I knew I had an answer. And so I stayed. Was it easy after then? I thought God would take away the situation. But the situation got worse. But I knew I had a word from God. And so I stayed. He protected my kids. And for two years. Uncle Tony's alcoholism got even worse and um but he still protected my kids and he gave me the wherewithal to handle it and after two years Uncle Tony got really sick and so for the last two years of his life I had to I not had to I got the privilege honestly of taking care of him which meant um vomit and excrement every day somewhere in the house wherever Uncle Tony was he his body was shutting down so I was scrubbing a room of the house, at least one, if not more, every day with Clorox water. I had to scrub my floors every day so that the kids were safe crawling, they were babies. And I, it did not make sense to me. I will, trust, I will tell you that it did not make sense. And I would go to church and people would say, why are you being so stupid about this? Why don't you just pack up the kids and go? But I knew I had a, I knew I had a word from God, so I stayed. And when Uncle Tony passed away and I was his niece by marriage, not by blood. When Uncle Tony passed away, I took care of the funeral, took care of the paperwork, and then there was a time for reading the will. And so all of Uncle Tony's father, uh, family was gathered. There were sisters and brothers, nieces and nephews. And the lawyer called and said, you are to attend. I didn't understand why. I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand why. And at the reading of the will, Uncle Tony left everything to me. The house, a brand new car, a very large savings account, all of the furniture. And I didn't have to pay anything for it. Yes, I did. I had to pay $100 because that was the tax in Ohio for an inheritance. Four-bedroom house, beautiful lot. I I got everything, and little did I know that the few years after that were going to be really rough, and that's when my marriage started collapsing, but the kids and I had a safe place to be. The kids and I had a safe place to be. So I am going to tell you how God has been teaching me even deeper about count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations was I joyful those four years? Mm. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it was smiling with the grit of my teeth. Sometimes I had to stop answering the phone. This is old, not cells. I had to take the phone off the hook and hear it go. Because I didn't know how to turn the phone off. You know, you guys remember (laughs) that. Sometimes it was leaving and going for a walk all day long with the kids so that we were safe. I, you know, it is what it is. But let me tell you about what God can do in all those ugly places. My brethren, count it all joy. Guess what the word, guess what the word count means? Never knew this before. So when I say count it done, Sister Burke, count it done, I got the weeding done. You know, we think, check it off, it's done, no big deal. You know, it's passive. That's not what count means. Get this, count means to command and lead with legitimate and official authority. To command and lead the situation with official and legitimate authority. That's powerful. That is firm action. It means that we have the esteem to rule over whatever we're going through. We get to choose how we think, how we speak, how we act, how we proceed, how we walk into it, how we walk through it. We get to choose with legitimate authority in Jesus' name I will walk in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, I will follow the word. That's what James is saying. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. So we're supposed to lead into temptations. And wait till you hear what temptations are. We're supposed to lead into these things with joy. Calm delight and pure, joyful admiration of what you're in it was not calm delight with Uncle Tony I will tell you human it was not fun but I had a peace because I had a word I had a peace because I had a word it gave my feet stability when my emotions were totally crazy it gave my heart a place to sit because he promised he would watch over those kids, and they didn't. They have no effects from all of that smoke, none. They've never had effects from all of that smoke. Isn't that incredible? You have to, t- uh, that is a miracle. Um, but we can count it joy, count it joy. Lead, take command, take authority over your thoughts, your emotions, your heart, your sight, your perspective, your beliefs, and your convictions when you are in these things called diverse temptations. So let me tell you about diverse temptations. And every one of you have multiple places where you can tell me your diverse temptations. Diverse in this word means variegated. Motley. Motley is an old English word that means all mixed up and none of it makes sense and goes together. All right? So... It's all different kinds of places where we find ourselves. It's not just one or two. It's all different kinds of temptations. Wait till you hear this. When I was studying this out, the Lord brought that memory to me of Uncle Tony and the kids. And he said, that was one of your diverse temptations. Um, here we go. Temptations are a place that proves what is in us. A place that proves what is in us. They're permitted by God. And they are trials and experiences accompanied by heavy grief, hard suffering, mental anguish, and emotional distress. But they have a beneficial purpose and effect. That's not how we see trials. In our human viewpoint, this is what we do. Well, hang on, I'll get to that. I need to tell you. These trials and experiences are permitted by God. Psalm 18, 16 through 18. These trials and experiences are, His way is perfect, and the word of the Lord is tried, and He speaks them into our life. They're divinely sent. No way. Uncle Tony was divinely sent? Seriously? An alcoholic who is abusive and tries to burn the house down without even trying? Was divinely sent? Do you know what I learned from Uncle Tony? I love that man. He taught me how to love purely. Not because he gave anything back. But it was Uncle Tony that taught me how to wash the feet of anyone, how to serve anyone. It was Uncle Tony that taught me how to walk out of myself so that someone else, whether they got saved or not, would know the love of Jesus. And when he was dying in the front living room, he said, I have never been loved except for these last 12 years that you've been here with me. He was 72 years old when he died. I will never forget that day. The next day he went into a coma and he died four days later. I have never been loved except for these 12 years that you've been here with me. You don't know who that person is that God has divinely sent into your life. You don't know the situation, whether it's from Satan or God. But all of it is divinely sent, and all of it is divinely covered, and all of it is divinely anointed, because you are divinely anointed. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the grace of God. I don't think we realize what grace is. Grace Stepping into grace is one of our greatest weapons God's been teaching me over the years. And sometimes, especially this last week, I've gotten into a diverse temptation where I've never been before. Totally out of my zone. Every day I've had to say, I'm stepping into your grace because grace is a tank in the war zone that we live in. It's God working in us with that divine spark and that divine knowing and that divine moving and that divine. Lonnie, this is it. Go there. Toby, this is what you need to do now. Toby, I love you in the middle of this. Sister Burke, I need you to go here whether you know what you're doing or not. Joy, don't worry. I get that the kids need me, but you can't save them. I'm there right now. (laughs) I can't save them. God can. Grace is twofold. It's God working in us. But guess what the other part of grace is? Grace is this army tank all around us while we are going forward into these diverse temptations. God leads us into them while we're walking with him. It's not something we're looking for. These diverse temptations are not something we're looking for. It's something that we walk into and get surrounded by. Wow, we're walking with him. He's leading us on our paths. And we want everything. I don't know about you. I would like everything to be nice for a while. I'm just saying, (laughs) Lord, there's a whole lot of other women on this earth. Could we spread some of this around for a little bit? (laughs) Have you ever said that? I have said that. (laughs) I'm willing to share. You said to share. (laughs) But the grace of God, where sin doth more abound, grace doth more abound, the grace of God is actually an army tank around us protecting us from the onslaught Of Satan. So step into it. I have to do this at home. Okay. I have to do it at work. Okay. I'm stepping into grace. I'm inside the tank. Here we go. Now the tank is not to mow people down. Even though sometimes you want to, it is not meant to mow people down. So just, just remember that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So now we know what these trials are. Um, They're divinely orchestrated for a divine purpose. When we're in trials and hard situations, often we start pointing fingers, don't we? It's not me. Look what they're doing in prayer. But Lord, did you see what Linda did? Are you kidding? Did you hear Uncle Tony? No way. What are you? Right? Right? And you know what he says to me every time? Let me show you what's in your heart. I've brought you right here to show you what's in your heart. So if we can remember that, man, it brings growth faster than you can imagine because then you can pick up the towel. And I can wash Linda's feet. And I can wash Uncle Tony's feet. Not begrudgingly, but willingly. And with a heart that says, I love you. Let me help. Let me show you the Jesus that I know. Let me show you the love that's been given to me. So here we go. The scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into these ugly, nasty traps. What we think are traps. Ugly, nasty, difficult times. (laughs) why? Why should we count it all joy? That was my question to the Lord. Why am I supposed to count this all joy? What is the big deal? I've looked back at many, 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 many situations that I've been in and now in, and I'm like, uh, this does not look like joy, Lord. Not you (laughs) and not the joy. It sure doesn't look unflappable. He said, knowing this, That the trying of your faith works patience. So let me do another word. Little bit of a word study with you here. I have a lot of paper because they're big letters. My glasses are... I have to (laughs) be able to see down here. Um, Trying. Psalm 17.3. Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast tried my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. The night doesn't mean when you sleep. The night means really dark, hard places. You have tried me and you shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Psalm seventeen, three. Trying is a process of proving that your faith is sound. We like encounters. You come to the altar and the altar, please come. It's a place where we drop everything now and we don't have to wait. It's a place where we get rid of this stuff that we're not supposed to be carrying anyway. So I'm not belittling an altar call. But oftentimes we come saying, I want an encounter, Lord, and it's, and everything's done, and I'm zapped. Woohoo! But God works sometimes in encounters, and I've had many, and I'm sure you can tell me. I would love to hear some, uh, all of your stories. We all have stories of those holy encounters with God that we never, ever forget. In that door frame, that was a holy encounter when God said, you stay. I will protect those babies, but you stay. That was a holy encounter. I've never forgotten it. And we have many, many, many of those holy encounters But God works through the trying for our faith. Trying is a process. And man, we do not like process. I am sure the tomatoes and green beans that I canned when I was young did not like the process of canning. We don't like process. It takes time. And I just don't have time. And so God lovingly and wonderfully clears our calendars so that we do have time. (laughs) Just saying. We either choose it or he does it. (laughs) Take a pick. I'd rather choose. I will have time. Um, The trying is testing the trustworthiness of your faith. It's the process you need to go through. I need to go through, to prove that my faith is sound and strong. It's something we need. Our human brain doesn't want it, but our God heart knows we need it. Am I too loud for him? Okay, (laughs) I will calm down. (laughs) Um, So then I said, so why faith? Why not trust my love? I st- sometimes I struggle with love. I am a very selfish person. I will admit that. And I'm a very strong-willed person. You give me something, I just buckle up, and I will fight the elements and get this done, you know? I'm, it's just the truth. I'm constantly saying, Lord, there's not enough love in here. I really don't love that person. All I see is sarcastic, critical comments in my head. It's something I struggle with. So when you guys are praying for me, just pray that God constantly flood and fill me with love, please. <laughs> it's the one thing I desperately need. I, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so I said, Lord, why faith? Why my faith? Why not other things that we struggle with? And here's what he showed me. Satan wants to destroy our faith and rob us of our destiny. Satan wants to destroy your faith so he can rob you of your new creation in Christ and your purpose and your destiny without faith it is impossible to please god for he that believed god have to believe that he is that god does exist and that he rewards those that seek him hebrews 11:6 that was a kind of a paraphrase <laughs> if satan can destroy our faith He's got us for eternity, folks. That is not a God intention. It was my faith that got trampled and shredded and destroyed, which is why I walked out of the of the church of God, of the truth in 2006. I had nothing left. I wasn't watchful over it. I will admit that. I didn't know what to do with situations I was in. If he can destroy that, he has got us destroyed. God, on the other hand, and this is from the Lord while I was driving to work. (laughs) It was on a scrappy piece of Walmart receipt. Here we go. I was praying about this at work, and he said, write this down, Lonnie. I, on the other hand, am actively pursuing situations that will build and strengthen your faith because I, God, know that if my faith, if our faith remains intact, we can face anything and still bear the fruit of the Spirit. We can face anything and still walk in the gifts of the Spirit. And we can face anything. He can trust us with anything. And we will stay rooted and grounded in the love of Christ and the Holy Ghost within. That's why he takes us through these motley trials, these motley, horrible situations, some are not so difficult as others, but they're all tough. And what makes them even tougher is the fact that more times than not, they're places we've never been before. Right now, I'm living in a situation, a week and a half ago, things poured out into my life while I'm happily praying and serving God, and whoop! On a Friday evening, my, metaphorically, metaphorically, my roof got blown off my house. And I am right now walking in a situation that I have never, ever been before. I have no idea how to walk in this. I have no idea what to do in it. I know what my, you know, the old Lonnie would do. <laughs> that is not the intention of this. And isn't it the love of God that he would teach me these scriptures before this happened? I mean, like, this has been an atomic bomb in my life. I'm, I'm just saying. It's not a small thing I'm dealing with right now. But now I can say I can count this all joy because I understand finally, I finally understand it was sent by the hand of God. It was sent by the hand of God. So, So the next verse says, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So patience is what solidifies our faith. Patience is what solidifies our faith. And we need to allow patience to work. It says, let patience, that's you, 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 me. Fivefold. Let patients have her perfect work. We need to allow it. We've got to stop preventing it. We go th- com- confront a new situation. There's two different phone calls we can make to our friend. Here's one. Oh my goodness, Juan. You cannot believe what's happening to me. Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? Oh, please pray with. Me. call as many as we'll hear oh how awful this is oh. right I, all of us have done it maybe not to that dramatic effect but you know we call each other and say you've got to pray this one's tough I don't want to be here it must not be God because it's not easy <laughs> the other phone call ring, ring, ring. hey Sister Burke. You, I can't wait to tell you. You've got to hear this. So what's up now? Oh my gosh, I have a problem. (gasps) What? You're sad? No, 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 don't be sad. You're not kidding this. I have a real problem. Like this one's big. It's bigger than I've ever had before. You can't imagine. What? You want to share it? No, no, I am not sharing this one. I get all the miracles from this one. I'll share the next one with you. How's that? But oh man, you got to hear this. Oh my goodness, God has shaken and stirred and blowed the wall down. Isn't this incredible? And she's saying, so what are you going to do in it? And you're saying, I have no idea. Nothing. But it's big, so it must be from God. And I know he sent it, and he's proven my faith. So wherever I can't figure this out, it must be the place where my faith needs to grow. Because God is into growing and multiplying. And guess what? The situation I'm in is growing. Love, in a way I could have never imagined. Love with holy boundaries. Pure love that gives what the people need. Not to keep me safe and have their relationship like me. But a love that gives them a God kind of love that will bring them to him. How incredible is that? God is so smart. Aren't you glad he's smart? I certainly am not. I'm glad he's smart because that is not my forte. I'm just telling you. So patience. Get this. When I read this, I'm like, I think they got Strong's Concordance wrong. Someone must have done this this word wrong in here. The first thing it says in Strong's Concordance is patience grows only in trials. Are you kidding me? It's the only way that God grows our faith. And it only comes through trials. So get ready. And I expect some phone calls. You got to hear this one. (laughs) So patience is the capacity, the ability, the bigness within us to tolerate and accept delay, trouble, and suffering without getting angry or upset. Now, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Upset and angry sometimes. Sometimes is my first reaction, and then I have to step back and step back into grace, right? <laughs> um, and remember, it's a root. Oh, here we go again. She's back to the roots. But it is. In First Peter, when we were talking about roots before, patience is a root, the Lord has already taught us how we must give ourselves to growing the roots. Patience is grown in trials, in divine appointments of hardship. So he, this is what the hardships kind of look like. Sometimes they're undeserved troubles. They're always places we don't walk into ourselves. It's not our carelessness. It's sometimes it's undeserved troubles. Sometimes it's people speaking so nastily and abusing us and we've done nothing to deserve it. Sometimes it's just outright betrayal. That's a hard one. That's a really hard one. Curses and abuses from all different kinds of people. And sometimes it's not just out in the world. We've all dealt with different things. But each one perfects Jesus in us. And each one helps our thoughts, emotions, motives, and intentions to align with him. We have to remember that God sends these things never for our destruction and always for our growth. So the phone call is, here I grow again. (laughs) Here I grow again, not here I go again. Maturity. Jesus did everything on purpose. And on purpose in your life and in my life, he's trying to get us mature. We're in the last days. We are in the very last of the last of the last days, down to the seconds on God's time calendar. And he needs to be able to trust us to go into extremely difficult situations that we have never encountered before and stay in grace and stay in the fruits and still bear fruit that we can give it to people that, know they probably oftentimes don't deserve it, but they desperately need it. The lady where I worked when I got saved, she didn't deserve a I man, a couple, I've told you guys this before, a couple times, they had to pull me away from her because I went for her throat to beat her up. And yes, back then I would have done it. I was not a nice person. And she just lovingly kept feeding us while well, the word of God says, we would all fight about Lutheran doctrine and Catholic doctrine and Methodist doctrine, and we'd all fight about, well, God lets you drink. Don't you see there's wine in the Bible? That was my excuse. God lets you drink. There's wine in the Bible. You know, you look for the scriptures that work. Uh, just saying. And there would be Linda back in the corner because we did not like her and we did not want to be around her. There, We'd say, okay, Linda, so what do you think? What does your church say? And she said, it doesn't matter what my church said. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me tell you what Jesus said. That's the way I heard it, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you what the Bible says. But here's the thing. Do you know why I wanted to beat her up? Because she had the word of God. She knew Jesus and I did not. That's exactly why I needed to beat her up. And she just very patiently, very kindly kept feeding us the the word of God, the love of God, the patience of God, the peace of God. In all of her many, many ways. And so the day when I was going to commit suicide in my living room, I had the gun ready. And I shook my fist at heaven and said, I don't even know if you exist. I don't know if there is a God. But if there is, you have to show me today because by six o'clock tonight, there will be no more Lonnie because I cannot live this way anymore. And I heard a voice, a loud voice say, go see Linda. Go see Linda. Left the vacuum cleaner running Never locked the door, ran into my car, and went to Linda at work where I used to work. I had been fired from that place three weeks before. Does that tell you anything else? <laughs> Get out, Lonnie. Don't come back for insubordination and rebellion. Um, thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Um, so anyways, I went to work, and I four levels of security. We worked for Mattel Toys. I used to build, make Mattel Toys. Four levels of security. Nobody stopped me. Not even the boss that said, you're fired. I went to Denny, and I said, where's Linda? He didn't say, get out of here. He said, let me take you to her. It was in the middle of the workday. Linda worked in the tool crib. So I went to her, and I said, I don't know who this God is that you have, but I need him, and I need him now. How do I do this? She, tool, she threw the keys to Denny. She threw him the keys and said, I've got to go. This lady needs Jesus. I'll be back. Nobody ever said anything. She took me to her pastor's home. They weren't home, so she took me back into the parking lot. And she said, sweetie pie, do not commit suicide. This is what you need to do when you go home. You need to repent. And I looked at her and I said, what is that? Is it a real word? I, Lutherans don't repent. I... It sounds funny, but we just, she said, it means to tell God you're sorry and to, and to really mean it and to tell him all the things you know that you did wrong. And he'll forgive you. And I'll be at your house at seven o'clock to pick you up because tonight is church. It was Wednesday night Bible study. So I went home and I went up in my bedroom. And the only two things I knew to repent from was that I was a raging alcoholic I could not live without Jack Daniels, and that I had killed my baby with an illegal abortion. So I repented of those two things because somebody who I hated told me of the love of Jesus under very, very difficult, diverse temptations that God let her into. Did you hear that? That God let her into so that one young girl didn't commit suicide. And one person who was absolutely destroyed and never knew what love was got to know what love is. Love's a person. And that day in my bedroom, I didn't know it then, but I met Jesus because this strong, powerful light filled my bedroom. And it a feeling I had never, ever, ever felt before flooded that place. And it scared me so bad, I ran outside and ran down. We lived in the city. Ran down a couple blocks. I was afraid to go back home. I thought I opened up I don't know what. I was into witchcraft. I didn't know what I had done. But I sure got ready because I wanted whatever she had. And I wanted to know what happened to me in that upstairs bedroom. So she picked me up and went to church. And we walked not even into the doors. I was walking up the front steps. And that same light and that same unbelievable feeling flooded around me. And I looked at her and I said, what is this? This is what was in my bedroom. And she said, sweetie, it's just Jesus. Have you never met him? She was raised in Pentecost. Have you never met him? Nope. But if this is what it is, this is what I want. We need to stop begging God, begging in prayer to get out of situations. You know, we go to prayer. Oh, my gosh, is there a door out? Lord, please, is there a door out? Oh my gosh, please show it to me. Open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes. I've got to find this one. And he's up in heaven saying, are you kidding? I just spent $10,387 and seven months of planning to get you into this place. And now you're begging to get out? You got to be kidding. I've set 10,000 angels at your right hand and 6,000 at your left hand so that you're not walking in this alone. I have given you everything you need to walk through this and you're gonna find out what your heart is, what you're made out of and you in this situation are gonna have the holy chance of giving a holy love and Jesus to someone else. Stop begging to get out. He has worked months to get you into it. Start saying, woohoo, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. The plan is working, the plan is working. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do next. But the Bible tells you, and in the last few minutes, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Are you ready? This is how you do it when you're saying, yes, I'm here, I'm in, I'm clueless. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That gives to all men liberally. Let me spell that. L-I-B-E-R-A-L-L-Y. Liberally. Abundantly. More than you could ever even need. Liberal. Have you ever been liberal with someone or someone has given you liberal amounts? At Uncle Tony's death, the will was liberal, trust me. That was liberality. God gives even more. He gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. He will not scold you. He will not chide you. He will not humiliate you because you have no idea what to do. He will not shame you. He said, you're in this situation because I got you here. Now, when you don't know what to do, not if, but when you don't know what to do, just come and ask me. And we don't have to go. Oh, please, 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 please! I need wisdom. I need wisdom. He just says, "Ask, Lord." Okay. How am I to proceed with this? How am I to reach this person? What am I to speak? When am I not to speak? Sometimes not speaking says more than chattering away. He just says to ask for wisdom. He is wisdom. He'll give to you what you need, and it'll be in the weirdest times. So I'm, I've been trying to sell this loom that I have, um, a weaving loom, for the past four years since I've been here, and every effort I had did not work. And two weeks ago, I was working in the garden, what's new, and the Lord said, and, and I had been praying, and I got nothing, so I just said, well, okay, I'm supposed to keep the loom. Um, except that I can't put my car in the garage because the loom is so big. And I was walking back in from the garden, and the Lord said, put this on Marketplace. Put the loom on Marketplace now, this week. You guys know how tech-savvy I am. I'm not. (laughs) So I spent two days trying to figure out Marketplace, and I'm (laughs) just saying. And then I spent two more days figuring out how much my loom works, or how much my loom is worth, and trying to write a decent uh, advertisement. And lo and behold, a couple days later, after I put it on Marketplace, I get this text. Is this available? Actually, in in one day, I got three of them. Yep, 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 it's available, available. And then this lady named Amy texted me, and she said, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I've been wanting a loom for a long time and gave up looking for it, gave up looking, and she said, I'll try one more time. And it was the day that I put it on Marketplace. I know that's a simple, and she came yesterday and picked it up. Hallelujah. And it's in somebody's hands that wants to weave. You know, like, I don't know what you get. Fiber arts people want to put tools into other people's hands that enjoy it. It's just one of our weirdy glitches. Um, And I know that's a simple thing, but... In even simple things like that, God will give you wisdom, and that even that builds faith. So from now on, we need to be calling each other with phone calls of counting it all joy. I got it. I'll share this one with you, Toby, just so that you can enjoy the miracle when it comes to the next one's all mine. We, that's the attitude. We no longer live in the world system. We no longer are dictated by what the world says to do. Get upset, be anxious, you know, breathe deep. Five times in, five times out. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, when you are under stress, that one of the ladies at work, when there's, things get stressful, she'll come and say, now you know you don't need God. You just need to breathe five times in and five times out. <laughs> Whatever. God is wanting us to grow in maturity so he can trust us to go to the cemetery and grab that gathering and get him out. That we can go to those hard places and he knows he can count on us to get the work done. So I'm telling y'all, I'm just going to wait to hear the phone calls and we're just going to enjoy each other's troubles. Because God's in them and he's in us. Just go back to James. He'll tell you what to do. Thank you very much for letting me share with you things that I have been learning the hard way. (laughs) I love the Lord and I love you folks. And I'll just be praying for you that God's spirit grows stronger and stronger and stronger in you. Stronger and stronger and stronger, that we all stand arm in arm, shield to shield, sword up, firmly planted in grace. And we go forward together fighting these battles as we count it and take command and go into it with joy. In Jesus' name, thank you.